Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. So welcome. What is up, guys? Welcome to season two of the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. We made it, Trish. We made it to season two. We did, and we have been shocked. I think we've had over 4,000 downloads in our pilot season. So I don't know for TV purposes, but I think that's good for podcasting. Our contract has been renewed. So we're we're here for all of season two. So welcome to season two, and we are kicking it off with an amazing guest. She is a dear friend of mine, Lisa Whittle. The girl is just a champion of all all people. She is a lover of Jesus. She has a passion for leadership and everything that she does. And she's the best-selling author of like crazy amount of books, nine books, several Bible studies, including Jesus Over Everything, and then The Hard Good, which is very good. It's a great read. She's a sought-out Bible teacher for her wit. She's very witty. She's bold. She's got a bottom line approach to the things that she says, but she loves in such a mighty way. She's the founder of an online community, Ministry Strong for ministry leaders and called creatives for writers and speakers. I'm telling you, she loves people. And so we're over the moon excited that she has joined us today. So guys, sit back and enjoy this honest and real conversation with our good friend, Lisa Whittle. Well, welcome everybody. We're super excited about our special guest. Today we have Lisa Whittle. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I'm too excited. (laughs) We, you were at the top of our list when we started talking about starting a podcast called Let's Get Real because I don't know of too many people in our sphere of influence that are more real, both in person and online than you are. So I appreciate you taking time just to be with us and drop some wisdom on us as uh, we go through our time together. That That is super kind and gracious. I feel the same way about you guys. This, to me, this just feels like a gift to get to see you because we're looking at each other, even though they're just hearing us, but to see you and talk to you, I feel like, wow, this is second to going out to lunch. Well, as we dive in, I will say my first impression of Lisa is not only are you like, you exude like joy and strength together in this really, you're like a unicorn in that. (laughs) And when we met, I was, I had just begun this sphere of speaking and being in this world. And I would often joke that I was married to the Michael Jordan of speaking. Justin is a phenomenal communicator. I was wondering who she was married to. (laughs) (laughs) But we went to lunch and I have a a very few pocket of people in my life that have like impacted me, like life altering impact. And we sat at lunch and I remember sharing with you about just how insecure and I think that God got the wrong person of me speaking and you just like not more figuratively, but it felt literally like took me by the shoulders and then put your hands on my cheeks and just were like, you were made for this. Get over Mm. yourself, get into God and be who God called you to be. I was like, okay, I can do do this. I was like, I've been saying that for a couple of years, but whatever. Which is just your ministry in general. So share a little Mm. bit about, um, what, you know, what season of life you're in and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so funny when you say that. It's honestly, Trish, you know, what came to my mind was just like, I probably said to you what, what I needed someone to say to me, you mm. know, it's like, don't we do that sometimes? And also, um, I just think that 
uh, I mean, I always, I always thought that you were amazingly gifted because you are. Um, I season of life that I'm in is weird, kind of right. I, I don't know. It's a season of change. Um, it's a season of, um, gosh, I don't know why I feel emotional, but I feel emotional. Um, I, I think it's a season of uh, coming out of a lot of the Lord showing me who I ha- who I am apart from the legacy and DNA of my father, uh, mm-hmm. who was a um, incredible orator and leader and all of these things, but also died, you know, fairly young and, um, and, and died, I think not, not using up all his potential, I guess that's the way I'll say, say it. And so um, I've been sorting through a lot of that with the Lord. And so between that and a lot of changes in family dynamic, as my kids have gotten older, um, you know, changes in my own you know, body as I'm getting older and, you know, self and all those things as you do. Uh, And also the most growth I've ever had in my ministry, which to have all these things happen at one time is bizarre. So I guess that's the season of life I'm in, um, which is wild and wonderful and a bit of a a ride. You are married. How long have you guys been married? It's 25 and a half years. (laughs) We must have gotten married in separate churches at the same time. Wait, yeah. What's your anniversary? Uh, September 29th. Okay, we're just two year, We're just two months ahead of you guys. We're July. See, is that crazy? And we, I'm sure Trish and I had similar hair and like poofy shoulder dresses and all it. the things. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you have you have two kids. Three. Three. We have three. We have two boys and a girl. Uh, our oldest is 23, going to get married, and our youngest is 18. Uh, middle son is 20 and our youngest is 18 and she'll go to college. So, um, that'll be the, that'll be it. I'm obsessed with Shay's hair and just, (laughs) I haven't for a long time. It's like luscious and gorgeous, but you know, when you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, when our kids were smaller, because obviously you and I lived like the same lane of life, just, we just didn't know each other. We had all these different things as moms that you went to, to be prepared for the next season especially like preschool, you were like down with how you were going to feel for kindergarten. There is no like preschool experience for moms who are launching kids into adulthood and marriage. And it was like, what? Like I, you know, being in ministry, like you have, like we're people, people, and we've talked with people through these seasons and now we're in a season. And I think you're probably right with us. We have, we've been a little taken aback at how, Difficult, not because our kids are difficult, difficult because this, this is a different feel Mm. with your kids launching. It's a totally different feel. And I'll be honest, I've I felt very ill-equipped to do it um, in the sense of emotions. I think, you know, I feel like I'm the, I'm like the best, I feel like I'm at the best place of my parenting in the sense of like, you're getting me at a really good spot. Wisdom wise guys. I feel like saying this to my kids, right? Like you're you're getting me at the best wisdom maybe I've ever had, but (laughs) emotionally I feel in some ways like a new mom. And so I don't feel like I'm great there. (laughs) I feel like I'm still learning. And I've had that conversations with my kids actually, because we're open with ours and as you are with yours 
And I've said, guys, I've, I've never done this before. I've had to say it to my oldest, especially, and I'm learning to try to be the best mom I can be. And I was actually talking to my counselor, Jim Cress, um, who is um, going to be on, on my show later uh, this year. And I was talking to him about something that I'm writing for my next book. And it's a chapter on welcoming change because change is on my brain. And I was telling him how I've really learned that if you don't sort of usher in change for at least for this season, if you don't usher it in, if you don't invite it in, if you don't welcome it, then you will always feel like you're a step behind and, and, and you're having to sort of catch up to it. And for me, I I know it's probably my um, desire to boss things. Maybe we'll say it like that. Um, I don't like feeling like I'm having to catch up to to it or um, it's taking from me. And it's been helpful for me to know, like, no, I can give this before it asks of me. And I find that a lot with my kids. Hmm. Uh, If I give it before it asks of me, I'm better off emotionally, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. I I think it's hard. And I agree with you, Trish. I I think we need more uh, manuals on how to do it, but here's what I've realized. I think people at our stage that are actually doing this don't either don't feel like telling people what to do anymore. Like we're over that or um, we're too tired or (laughs) we just feel like, you know, someone else will figure it out. Well, I I think, I think when, I mean, I don't know how many conversations you have with young parents, but when we were young parents, the thing that we would always hear is, now, I know the days are long, but the years are short. And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You sleep through the night. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, and then, so then when you get to that place where your kids are are gone and there is a sense of relief, like, hey, okay, we're one for one, at least at this point. Like we got one of them out of the house. He's off our payroll. He's self-sufficient. He's married. He's happy. <laughs> but at the same time, it changes the dynamic of your relationship. And you, and you think to yourself, I don't know if I have what it takes to be this type of parent or be this to be the same type of parent or the same quality of parent in this new role. And I don't yeah. know if I want to do that. Yep. And so it's almost like you're always kind of saying goodbye to the, the way that things were and mm-hmm. saying hello to the way things are going to be every single, almost every single like few months, you know, they get married. Well, that's, that's, you know, they graduate high school. You're saying goodbye to that. They go to college. You're saying goodbye to them being at home. They graduate from college. You're saying goodbye to them kind of quasi and they get married. Then it's like, okay, then now I'm saying goodbye to, you know, being a parent, I'm going to be a grandparent soon. And that's this, that's not even right. I feel like there's a let's get real question in that. I mean, and I'm interested in how you would respond, Lisa, the like, let's get real with it. When we're young parents of young kids, we're looking towards the future. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of dreaming and excitement. Where are we going to live? What are we going to blah, blah, blah. In this season of life, there is, I feel like somewhat of a spiritual battle. And then just some of the truth of being older, there's a lot of finality. And yep. so them leaving is beginning for them. It is a soul crushing ending for us. Have you experienced that? Oh my, yes. I mean, (laughs) I, I, I feel like, um, that is what I battle with almost daily is like, you know, it's that, it's that joy for your kids and it's that holding the, I mean, you can hear it in my voice. It's, 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 it's the, it's the, the, it's the it's the joy for them and it's the sorrow for you and I think that is the parental 
thing that we face from the very beginning. And so I, what I would say to young parents is like, sort of in a way, you know, any work you do on the front end is going to benefit you in the, in the, on the back end. So do the work of releasing and do the work of, um, knowing that you love them enough to um, let them go do that thing. And so while you feel like maybe when they're young, that like, that's really cool. Cause they're all, they're all there under your roof and you're getting to control what they wear or whatever. Like that may feel so good right now, but I can tell you, you're doing yourself the biggest favor. If you release some of that right now, it will help you yes. so much in the end. And, and even as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking of people that aren't parents and all those things. What I, I think this conversation is really appropriate for on an even bigger level is just change in general, because this whole year has brought about change, yes. right? Yeah. I mean, we've all had to change. I think things that we've believed, things that we've hoped, things that we've held, all of that this year have been tested, been pushed back against, and also been lost. Yeah. And, um, and I think what we all have to do now is go, okay, what remains um, not what was, but what is mm-hmm. and move forward with that. And, and, and I'll have to be honest with you. I, I, people that are listening might be like, wow, that's really positive. <laughs> I'm not a, um, I'm actually not an optimist. <laughs> um, just so everyone listening knows, um, I'm not. I'm a pessimist by nature. I used to call it a realist, but I'm now I'm even more, uh, I'm even more blunt. <laughs> and I say, no, I'm going to call it what it is. I'm, I'm actually am. I'm actually fairly pessimistic about most things. Um, and so, which is real fun in my house, because my husband is an Enneagram seven and he sees things. <laughs> what are, what are you, are you, an, are you a three or an eight? Okay. Um, so he sees things positively all the time, you know, which has been honestly, it saved my sanity. It saved, it saved my life on so many levels. Um, and I like to believe I've grounded him and know that I have, but, um, I, I do believe that if you don't move forward with hope, you, you just can't do this life anymore. So I've chosen optimism and I think that is important. How do you balance Lisa? I think, um, Listening to, uh, especially Gen Z, when it comes to social media, um, I have, they have very strong opinions about social media and how it makes them feel and how they're over it, yet it is, it is so saturated in culturally and how they communicate. And I would say that for the rest of us, but we grew up with a, a different experience. And so we know different where a lot of Gen Z, you know, doesn't, um, to some extent, how have you balanced that feeling of loneliness? And then I know that, you know, most people have heard the statistics that we're most connected than ever before. And yet, um, you know, we're the most lonely. Have there been some like best practices that you've had to lean into to, to develop a healthy relationship with social media and your heart? Oh boy, have there. Um, yes, I used to, and, and you know, people maybe that have, have followed my ministry for a while probably would, would maybe even notice this about me. Um, I used to have a real hard time with social media to the point where uh, I, I, I mean, I struggled hard because I felt like, first of all, I don't like hype culture. I tend to really push against it. It's the rebel in me. And I felt like social media was so much hype culture. I also felt very bossed by it. I felt like uh, 
I have to do this. I'm not good with anything I feel like I have to do. So I felt like I have to do this. I have to do it in such a formulaic way that people tell me this is the way you get attention on social media. This is the way you grow followers, um, whatever the case may be. I didn't like any of that. And I also couldn't reconcile it with like Jesus. I couldn't reconcile. I'm not a... uh, fashion blogger. So I'm like, I can't reconcile this with like just preaching the gospel, which is what I really, really want to do. And so I don't want to be disingenuous online, but I also know that like, if I come out with a book, people have to know about it. So how can I do this? And I'm not kidding you. This might sound weird, or this might sound like to someone that doesn't struggle with it. They might be like, well, this kind of sounds extreme. But I mean, I wrestled like with the Lord about it. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't understand it. If you, if you think that this is something I'll, first of all, I'll get off of it. If you, if you feel like I should, I'll go dark or you're going to have to help me with it because I don't know what to do. And literally the Lord helped me so much and, and showed me how we, the, the Holy spirit is the best strategist in the world. And that, mm. that social media can also be strategized with the Holy spirit leading us. And it changed everything for me. And really, and truly, um, the Lord just said, you're the boss of your social media. So boss it. And I, like I've already said on this show, I like to boss things. Clearly. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, a, oh, I'm an Enneagram eight too. I get you. Yeah. Okay, so you get and me. He, me that's Justin. just a recent, like, finally, like I, I finally surrendered to it. I was so <laughs> resentful of it before. Like, I, I was, a, I was challenging whether or not I was a challenger. <laughs> that's a that's a truest sign. Listen, nobody <laughs> wants to be the number they are. Let's just all admit that nobody wants to be the number they are. They always think someone would be someone. Would, some number would be cooler or just everybody more. wants to be sevens. I mean, let's right. just be like we all want to be the fun. This is so healing for me because I have to be if you know let's get real in this, that is right where I am right now. I I'm just, I have probably lost over a thousand followers in the Mm -hmm. past two years. Cause I just, I've had a hard time reconciling, um, just a lot of things and seeing people who have not only wounded in Christianity, but like pastors that have abused and yet their platforms still move on because people don't know the truth. And so I I have just struggled. So that's just a really good word of like, you know, leaning into God and asking him in that. And I wish I could say that I've had like that revelation, but I just, I just haven't. So I've just kind of remained quiet in it. Um, But I think that's okay too. You know, I mean, here's the thing. We all have to do it the way that we can sleep at night, feel led by the Holy Spirit. And I firmly believe that I don't necessarily, I think there are templates. If you want to grow your social media. Yeah, sure. But for me, I'm much more, I am much more interested in what does the Lord want you to do with your social media? That's what I'm really interested in. And for me, Trish, it's, it might look completely different from you, but here's what I know. I know that um, even in the last three months, even in the last two months, the Lord has convicted me about how to do it. So we're even, we're even tweaking this, he and I, we're even calibrating this, he and I. So it's, it's, I feel like it's kind of an on the job. We're kind of working together. Like, okay, what do we need to do now? And I'm not, let me not over-spiritualize. It's not like every day I'm checking in going, what do we need to do with the social media today? (laughs) It's more of just a sense, right? So, but I'll I'll tell you this, you know, 
in the last couple months, I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to be very basic. I want you to go back to the basics and say, do you know that you can have a relationship with Jesus? Like in case mm. it gets on the Explorer page and someone sees that, like, I Good. want things to be, I want you to do that. And that's what I feel like he's called me to do. Um, and I just feel very compelled by that. And I really want to use my social media for those things. And I also will tell you, I do look at it as a job. I don't look at it as fun. I really don't. I see it as a purposeful thing that I do just like I do with anything else um, in my ministry. I'm not going to say that I never have fun with it. Sure. I'll post something that's kind of fun every once in a while, but for the most part, it has a purpose and a point, or I really usually don't do it. And um, that's kind of just the way that I roll with it. But I think we all have to feel good about the way that we do it. And that's, and that's just what we do with it. I love that. It's, it's, um, it helps me reframe how I look at social media. You know what I mean? And, and I think looking at it as something that God and I are collaborating, collaborating on together to broadcast and share his message rather than something that I'm doing in the name of God to build my brand or my platform are two totally different things. And I think I have, this is going to be hypocritical and true all at the same time. (laughs) Ooh, I'm so interested. What's going to happen next? Yes. I I have um, winced and um, kind of stepped back and and cringed at people that I see that they use the name of Christ to become popular or they are trying so hard to be relevant, cool, and build a platform on the name of God. And then at the same time, I make a living by having a platform and selling books and writing and speaking. And so there is this, there is this um, default mode in me that I am so quick to judge someone else's uh, the appearance or someone else's social media use um, based on what I perceive their motivation to be. And I just judge my own myself on my intentions. Yeah, You know what I mean? Good. And so yeah. um, th- it's been hard because I have this love hate relationship with social media. On the one hand, I'm like, I want to get this message out there. But then on the other hand, I'm like, why does it only have 50 likes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was yeah, good. Like that was some of my best freaking content and you only liked it 50 <laughs> times. Are you kidding me? Listen, don't think I haven't thought that myself, Justin. I mean, look, we all are like, look, I, I've, I've literally said that to myself. Like I'll put that out there. I'm, like, I'm preaching the word right now. <laughs> exactly. You're going to like my freaking golden doodle 112 times, <laughs> yes. but not yes. the life changing message of Jesus. Listen, oh. I'm with you on that. That's just part of our passion and we can't help it. And all these things. But I, I, I will say, I do think that when you, when you have a point and you have a purpose, it does make you not wrestle with it and hate it as much because and it also sets you free from whether people actually like it or not. Cause yeah. I will tell you, like, I will put things out there that I think people should like way more than <laughs> my eyelashes yeah, on a, yeah like my mascara on a post <laughs> but i'll be like people hashtag people people are people i get it they're gonna like this more like but i'm like 
I'm still feel very called in this mission and I'm still doing it. I'm still obedient. And it just like you started Hope City, just like you're, you, you adopted children. Like I'm serious. I know social media is so far down on the scale from those things, but I do still feel it's a component of my ministry that I feel very compelled about. Um, now that I fig now that the Lord has helped me figure it out. And so it's just made me not hate it and want to quit every day, which I'm grateful for because I really hated it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's such a healing word. As we close, I want to give you some time to be able to share about all of the things that you're up to. Well, before we before we do that, this Trish Trish hates it when I do this. I do. She hates it. When we first started speaking together, she would say things in a way that I didn't like them said. I'm I didn't think we're it, cutting I didn't, this or I didn't, is this going? No, this is good. This one. Okay. Uh, I'll, 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 under the I'll bus, never but. forget. We did our very first Lifeway event in Asheville and we, we had been speaking together for a little while, but not to Baptist. And so we were, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were just a little, it was just a little intimidating, not intimidating, but it was just a new audience. And, and, um, in the first session, a couple people got up when I talked about the affair and like left the room. And wow. so I was already we kind of, I was already, it. I was already on edge, you know? Well, um, the very next session she was saying stuff and I would like rephrase as I, as, as she handed it off to me, I would rephrase what I felt like she should have said in that previous like yeah. segment. Yeah. So we get done she's like, if you're going to just rephrase everything I say, just do the talk yourself. And I was like, all right, I got to nice. work on that. I got to work on that. <laughs> so, Hey, um, Jesus over everything is your last yeah. book. Yeah. Um, that's nice, right? Sounds great. I'm a Christian. Yeah, Jesus should be over everything. Take me right. beyond the like the Christianese. Take me beyond like what does that like look like? What is when you say you you want to call people to put Jesus over everything? Of course, yeah, Jesus should be over everything, but people don't do that. I love that you're pushing back on this because you couldn't possibly push back any more than me. Um, it's not a bumper sticker. It is not a mantra. Mm. And, and honestly, um, those kinds of things are what I, 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 I struggle with myself. And so, um, Jesus over everything, I always say is a goal for me. It's not, I mean, one, it's biblical. I mean, it's not a Lisa Whittle idea for sure. Cause that would be a short book, but it is, it is honestly a goal and it is the scriptural idea that in him, all things hold together. He is above all things. He is before all things. The whole reason for this book, Justin, is because our lives are complicated as people. I don't think that's debatable. And the way that the creator of the system of order set things up to be, i.e. the Lord, is that he would be above everything, that he would be over everything, that he would be over our lives, that he would be helping manage our lives, that he would be that he would be first, basically preeminence. That's it's in the word Colossians. And when our lives become complicated, it's when he is not in that place. It's, it's really not a complicated idea. Honestly, I'm a basic person. I I'm not super deep and, and that's the whole thing. And so what I heard people saying a lot of was my life is very complicated. And also I would love to put Jesus first, but I don't really know how to do it. And what I wanted to do was draw the line, you know, draw, draw the connection and let people know, okay, 
there's a correlation between those two. You realize the reason why your life is complicated is because he's not in that spot. And it's, it's what Tozer says that is one of my favorite quotes of all time is when you put God in his rightful place, a thousand problems are solved all at once. Now that doesn't mean that your life is easy because life is not going to be easy. We also have, we know that from John 16, but it means that your life will be less complicated. And that's all I'm saying here. So in the book, what we talk about is here are some daily choices that you make that help you in your make your life less complicated that are Jesus over everything or Jesus over this choices. And you can help yourself out. They're choices that we make anyway. So honesty over hiding, like being honest, it's, it's not hard. I mean, well, being honest is hard. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying <laughs> the, the choice is not, th- that choice is not a deep choice. It's, it's honesty over hiding. And I, I'm telling people like, you can continue to hide. You absolutely can. But here's what happens when you do that. And here's what would happen if you would be honest. And I even give this whole thing of like, when you're coming out of hiding, here's what you can expect to happen. So it's just things like that throughout the Bible. Very, I mean, throughout the book, very practical, all of that thing, what it looks like in your daily life. And, um, you know, the whole first chapter is about how we try to take matters into our own hands and we overcomplicate it in the process. That's quite why I call it the land of the deadly overs, but um, it's just goals. It's not, it's not a bumper sticker. It's goals. I love it. I love it. I'm, li- I'm, li- I'm thinking about ways to reframe my question. Now, tr- <laughs> Rephrase now tr- my question or reframe yours? Now Trish is going to wrap up and you can't stop her. Yeah, I know. And that was, that was my question, uh, just maybe framed in a different way. I think that there, there's like four quadrants of people that I always think of. I think of people who are in a good place, people who are in a hard place. Like that's, most people find themselves asking these type of questions when they're, you know, in a really good place. They're thinking... Yeah. For what they have. And when they're really hard place, why, you know, but those other quadrants, I think of, um, season of life and just, um, generation, like, where are you generationally? Where are you in your season of life? How all of those kind of always go together. If you were sitting across the table, like you have with so many people, me included and the theme of Jesus over everything, um, and this is, this is a hard question. It may feel like, oh, don't box me in. Um, and that's, that's not my um, intent with this question. But the weight that everyone is feeling right now in, in that premise that Jesus truly is, like, it's not just a book for you. That's something you've been living out. Even in all your books, I want God. You know, like, you exude this theme throughout all of your books. And I've read all of them what would you want to say to that person? Like, what, what does that mean? Like what, if you had one opportunity to be across the table and say, listen, I want you to know this about you and about God. Mm. That's so good. God brings tears to my eyes, Trish, because what I would want them to know is, is, is just what I've learned is that um, I've tried to do this myself. If there's anybody that's ever tried to do it themselves, it's me because I like my own methods really, really a lot. Um, And the only thing that I've ever found that works, the only thing that I've ever found that heals 
that matters, that soothes, that loves enough, that makes up for the pain, that redeems those places is Jesus. And the reason I write these books is because I need them so much myself. The reason that I talk about wanting God more than anything or Jesus over everything is because it's a message that I need preached over and over again, because my tendency is to love me more. My tendency is to run. My tendency is to um, self-medicate. And um, and I'm just here to say to that person that says my life is hard. Um, I, I like to numb out because it feels better. I get it. But I just know that at the end of this, uh, it'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. There will never be another person that will be enough. There will never be a show that will be enough. There will never be a substance that will be enough. No, nothing will ever be enough. And so um, I just believe that, that, that I know that he is the answer. And that's why I put all my eggs in one basket. Um, because he is, he is the great hope of the world. It's beautiful. You have um, launched this this new ministry, Ministry Strong. Um, as we close, share a little bit about like who's that for, and and you know what's the story behind starting that. Ministry Strong is for really anybody who is uh, serves Jesus, whether it be online, whether it be on a church staff, whether it be. Um, running a nonprofit. We've got people that live really all over the world that are a part of Ministry Strong. It's exciting. It is also scary and it's new. It's um, We've been doing retreats and we've been serving them online and uh, well through email for a while. Now we've taken it online to a community. Um, really that started Trish in 2017 when my dad died and the Lord just um, challenged me with what are you doing with all you know and it was with all you know from the years of watching my own father go through a a major pastoral scandal um, the years of serving in so many different capacities and ministry myself and what, what did I know about leadership and integrity and serving Jesus for the long haul and all the things that we go through as ministry families the loneliness the the, um, the boundary issues, all of the things. And, um, I didn't need another job, but I, I knew that this was something that was really, really crucial. And so I don't know. I just said yes to the Lord. We'll see what happens. Um, who knows, but, um, it's been super life-giving ministrystrong.com is where you can find it. We open up the community every three, four months. We're going to open, I think the end of March again, but, um, but yeah, we just, we give resources, uh, we do insider interviews, which I hope to have the two of you on eventually. Um, I do trainings and um, we uh, have community. So we, we, we help, we strengthen the body of Christ that way. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. We, we feel like we um, get to like, be like, yes, we, we got to have one of our most favorite people on. You were like the top of our list. Cause we and, love you. I mean, quite honestly, when, you know, the early part of our ministry, you were such a cheerleader for us and you, you know, helped promote our book and our blog and the things that we were doing. And you kind of lent us your platform and extended trust to us mm-hmm. um, early on that kind of helped propel us to where we are now. So we're just so grateful for you. I have, I can take no credit for that. You guys are awesome. It's an easy sell because you're, you're the amazing people. Thank you for having me on. I'm super honored. 
Man, what an incredible conversation with Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, for your honesty, for your sense of humor, uh, just for saying, articulating things that we probably all think and feel and just don't know how to say. And guys, I hope you were as blessed as we were with that conversation. Hey, you can get Lisa's new book. It comes out April the 18th. It's called God Knows. You can go to lisawhittle.com and there's a link there where you can uh, pre-order the book. Uh, I just cannot wait to read it. I know that Lisa is um, going to speak into some things that we all need to hear. So go to lisawhittle.com and pre-order the book, God Knows. You can also find all of her social links on our show notes as well. Well, we kicked off 2023 with our Marriage Master Class in January on finances and how to have a healthy financial future. Want to give you a heads up of something that's coming up on Thursday, February the 2nd at 8 p.m. It is our next Marriage Master Class. And guys, it's going to be steamy. It's going to be fun. We are going to talk about the art of intimacy and how to understand and experience a healthy sex life in marriage. So I can't wait to uh, dive into that topic. Um, it's going to be a free class, just like it always is. And so you can register at refineus.org slash masterclass. That's refineus.org slash masterclass. And that link is in our show notes as well. So guys, thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you in two weeks with our next Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Talk soon. Talk soon.